Well, hello, welcome to Escape from the Burnout Society. I am Gabriela Guzman, I'm your host, and today I have a very special guest. Her name is Natalia, Natalia Saldarriada. Natalia was born in Colombia, um, and she has lived, studied, uh, and worked in uh, quite some countries, like Colombia, Canada, United States, Philippines, and France. Uh, and it was in Paris where she worked for several years for a consultant company as project manager. Uh, her clients were uh, very big, just like the European Commission and the World Bank. She led a very success successful international career, but a very misfortunate accident and a massive burnout brought all to a sudden stop. Now, many years later, she is an entrepreneur and she's ready to move, very ready to move to Canada when, well, the borders are open. Natalia, you're welcome. Welcome to my podcast. Thank you, Gabriela, for having me. So happy to be here with you. Thank you. And, uh, well, Natalia, I, um, I really uh, heard about your story some uh, months ago. And uh, I really felt like a quite some respect for your story since i mean you didn't only have a burnout a very massive burnout um but you also had a an accident and the, the you know the combination of those two were really like amazing i thought how can you get out of there really how can you get out of there i mean look at you you look wonderful <laughs> you're doing fine <laughs> you know it's uh it's just like a miracle so um but I think um, uh, we, we will um, begin with that, that time when you're living in, in, in Paris and you were a consultant. Um, mm -hmm. And can you explain us what it was to be there and to work the way you were working, how many hours and how, how did your day look like? Tell us. <laughs> well, yeah, I had a career in Paris with a lot of success and exhaustion as well so as you said i was i was working in a consulting company so i was a project manager i was working in energy projects especially with the european commission which was the main the main client of the company so i used to answer to bids to tenders so it was an incredibly yeah you were, i was running all the time so it, it was it was it was running and running and, and very com and a very competitive environment so you were that I, I remember that the 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 philosophy was uh in spanish you say ayer es tarde it's like yesterday it's already late so you have to do it now everything has to be done now and that was the the great philosophy of the of the of the company so that was that's how we were working we we're all working like running all the time and uh, yeah so I, I used to work like that i used to work 12 to 15 hours per day easily i remember that i i, I arrived at the office like at 8 8 30 a.m and then i could leave like at 9 10 p.m easily i didn't see time pass i was working all the time always running meeting tight deadlines because with the projects if you don't meet the deadline and the time the exact one you can miss like yeah like months of work so you really have to 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 meet those deadlines so we're always running going out entertaining clients and i was really married to my career 
to nothing else. So I was basically more than a workaholic. I was working all the time. I, it was it was very interesting because I was learning a lot. Especially it was um it was a new topic for me. The energy I didn't know energy at all. I was not an engineer, so I had to be like I had to really adapt very 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 fast. So I had to work more than the others because I didn't know the subject or the topic was new to me. So I really had to work all the time. So I was working during the week and I, I was also working in the weekend. And actually I was, I was, I was hired because I spoke English. So I, I basically was speaking English and French all the time. And that was my, my favorite part, like changing, like switching languages all the time was, was what I liked the most. But it was, yeah, I was incredibly, I had to run all the time and it was, I had to negotiate all the time and I had to negotiate fees and negotiate with the, with the, with the clients and negotiate and create and, and create uh, teams and manage teams. So it was, it was an adrenaline, like always adrenaline, always working and always taking decision at a very fast pace. So that was basically my, my, my my life at that time so i didn't have time for anything i didn't have time for, to eat i didn't have time to sleep i slept very badly like four or five hours per day and that's it per night and there was never time to eat for example so i just ate a sandwich or whatever i found and then i kept and kept working and working and working and i started seeing symptoms like headaches and my back was starting to to hurt a lot and I started to have to have memory problems like I used to forget things um, I didn't sleep very well so I became like I got how do you say that insomniac like insomnia how do you say that in English I, I forgot the word but yeah I had I, I had problems sleeping so it was very that it started little by little it's in a very sneaky way the burnout started like little by little and yeah, but I didn't understand that that was not normal because for all of us, that was normal to live that way in a very unhealthy way, a very unhealthy style. Yeah, so it's the, the work culture. It was work culture. culture. Of course, and for us, like burnout, we didn't even know that was burnout, but working hard, like working until you are completely exhausted was the price to be successful. And it's incredible. That's the main philosophy. It's like, you don't work like crazy. And you don't work like eight, more than eight hours per day, then you will meet the, the the objectives, and then you won't have the results you need because there was always the the, the level was always like it was always higher and higher and higher. And the more you gave, the more you you were asked to do, and then yeah. you got that limit, and they they ask you even more and more and more because you were able to give more and more and more. So it, it never stopped. That's how it worked. Wow. So, yeah, yeah, I, I, I know that kind of works. I mean, it's not, not, I think not only twenty percent of what you had. But how many years were you working like that? Like seven years. Seven years. Yes, it started two thousand eleven, and yeah, and until twenty sixteen. Yes, seven years, something like that. And could you take? I was always working like that. Yeah, could you take huh? holidays? Could you take days off? Or I, yes, I, I had little holidays, of course, but the things that I like took holidays and I was on vacation, for example, I went to Colombia to go on vacation, but still my boss was, was, was sending me emails and I 
I answered to those emails. So it was also my fault. I mean, I didn't set any limits, any boundaries at all. So that was also my, 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 my responsibility to say, hey, I'm on vacation here. I don't need to work. This is made not to work, actually. That's what vacations are for. That's what vacations for. And I kept working all the time. So I couldn't, I was really addicted. It was this adrenaline of, of, of winning projects, of winning a commission, of earning money, of, of this. This competitive uh, environment was very addictive to me. So I kept like, yeah, I, I got used to it, even if it was not healthy at all. Yeah. Yeah, it's a way of life. I just uh, have mm -hmm. a podcast. I recorded one that it's uh, why we think sometimes the stress is a, it's a way of life. Could be a way of life. But well, after you get mm -hmm. a book, you, you, you really understand that it's not meant to be a way of life. No, but, but that's the information we get. I mean, it's, it's, I remember that when I got more responsibilities and more responsibilities, it's also a way of, of not loving our, ourselves because I was always afraid of saying no to more responsibilities and more things to do and getting more and more and more work because I said, oh my God, they're going to say, they're going to think I'm not, I'm not I'm, capable. I'm not capable, I'm not intelligent enough, I cannot deal enough with this responsibility, so I won't be able to, to have a higher, a higher, a higher, and to get uh, promoted. And yeah, I was always telling me that story. It's like, oh my God, if I don't work, then there's a line of people waiting to get my job. So I was always also under that stressful mindset that if I don't do it, that someone else will come and replace me. So I have to do it. And I have to do more and more and more. So yeah. it was never enough. No. Yeah. But you speak three languages, huh? so 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 <laughs> many people not there that speak French, English, and Spanish very fluently. How comes you speak uh, French so fluently as well? Because I lived in Paris for a while. I I I started in Canada. I went to Montreal, and there I finished my career. I was in an exchange program in, when I was in the university, and I finished my career in Montreal. So I basically had to study in French in the, at the university. I didn't speak French at that time. So I had to learn like the hard way, but I did. And there I met my future husband at the moment, which was which is French. And that's how I ended up in, in Paris. And then I lived in Paris for a while. I, I did a master's over there. And I was living with my with my boyfriend at the time, and everything was in French at that time. So that's how I learned. Love helps a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was working all the time in a French speaking environment as well. So, and I learned English because I studied in a bilingual school in Colombia. So since I was little, I I've been speaking French in English. So English. it's my second language. Yeah. So that's why. Yeah, it's the same for me. I also went to a bilingual school and I'm very grateful for that. Yeah, a lot. Okay. Um, okay, what did your husband say about this way of life? Uh, I remember that he was also working a lot. He had a very important uh, position and he had the French like he had like the great diploma from a great school a French school he was an engineer he is an engineer like he had all this perfect career uh, for the French society so he also had a very important job with a lot of responsibilities so he on his own way was 
workaholic as well. So the things that we didn't even have time to communicate and to live together and to, to, to exchange time, like to, to be together, to really be at home together, for example, because we were always working. Sometimes we, yeah, of course, during the weekend, but we were so, so exhausted like that we had worked all the week long that we were just tired. So we didn't even have time to communicate. And then he was telling me like, you're working a lot. And I was always traveling as well. So I was going back and forth in Paris, Paris, Brussels all the time. So I was never there. So yeah, then he started like telling me like, you're not, we never have time for each other. What are we gonna do? We need to, to stop this. And I started having like, yeah, some, 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 some comments from him, like he was like, Natalia, we have to work on this. But I couldn't understand that. I couldn't understand, and I kept working and working, and then there were also personal things, like family issues that I was having in Colombia, and I needed to send money to Colombia. So that's, that was another excuse to keep working and working and working. So it was this visual circle, visual circle all the time. Work and work and work. That, that was the only thing I knew how, that's, yeah, that's the only thing I knew. I didn't know, didn't know how to do anything else but work. Yeah. So that was my solution for everything. Of course, because you, you felt that the, uh, the pressure might not have been your uh, family, but maybe it was your own feeling of pressure to send money to Colombia? No, it was because, well, yes, of course, I wanted to help my family. Yeah, I was the only one that was not in Colombia. But my father got very sick. Uh, there were lots of things were happening at that time. So my father got sick. He had three strokes. So that was really bad. And my sister, she's also, she was sick. I mean, she has a, a lupus. I don't know if you know what yeah, it lupus. is. It's mm -hmm. an autoimmune disease. And she was having at that time, it was 2012, 13, 2013, 2013. She was having a big crisis plus my father. And my mother, she doesn't work. So like everything was was falling down in my, in my family in Colombia. They were having a, a very hard time. So I said, I, I need to take care of my family. And my husband at that time, my ex-husband, he was adorable. And he said, just, you just get, yeah, you just send money to your family. Just, yeah, take care of your family and I will take care of everything here in Paris, don't worry. And just concentrate, focus on your family, and then we will figure something out. And that's why that was another, again, another excuse to keep working. So I kept working and working and working, and I want to, to, to win contracts and I want to get commissions. So I had more and more and more money to send to Colombia because I was feeling guilty because I was, I was, uh, yeah, I was far away from them. So I said the only way I can help them is sending them money. I don't have anything. I, yeah. I don't know how else. How can I help them in another way? So that was another, another excuse. Yeah, keep working and working like crazy, and uh, yeah, like like I, I used my work. I, I I hide behind my work. I mean, I was numbing myself with work because I had so many emotional problems at that time. Like my my life was very was not that easy because of my family. That was that was that was not having it like a healthy life they had health problems and healthcare and i had to deal with that 
and I have I was also having problems with my husband so the only way I could I mean the only area in my life that I felt I was successful with it was my career which I didn't like that much not even I, I was like I'm not in love with this job but it's the only thing that I'm doing well so I'm going to keep working like crazy I, I think um, yeah. that might resonate with many people that you suddenly are so engaged in your work that you also have lost your own personality, your own mission, mm -hmm. and the only way you can express yourself and, and show your values through your work. Mm -hmm. yeah. It becomes your identity, basically. It was my identity. I didn't know how to live while I was not working. That was me, working. And I needed to be successful, successful in just one area of my life that was work because I was not being successful in the other areas because I didn't handle them because I didn't, because I didn't even, yeah, I didn't even ask myself the question like, hey, how can I, how can I find some help? How can I, should I go and see a therapist? I didn't even have that idea. I just always, I, I only, yeah, I thought that the only solution for me was working and that was, uh, that was going to solve it everything else <laughs> and obviously it was not the case until my body said stop and obviously what happened with that i didn't eat well i didn't sleep well i had headaches and all these little symptoms that started and i didn't do anything about it i just took a painkiller and then i kept working and working and working and i ignored my symptoms as well so it's the vicious circle all the time of course of course i i completely understand you i mean i've been there I also worked eight years um, in the kind of um, same circle that you also think it's not it's not going well, but you don't think about asking for help. You don't no. even think you need help. You don't even you don't yeah. Think. You don't even realize that you need help. That something's not going well. Something's wrong here. Yeah. But you don't even realize about that. Until well, one day you were riding a bike, and then tell uh -huh. me what happened. <laughs> <laughs> until one day so this start i mean it's it, for me it's very important to tell you when they started they started i started working like crazy in 2011 then all this my family crisis happened 12 2012 2013 then i had problems with my husband at that time and then 2014 i get divorced that was the hardest decision I've ever made so I it was I was really under a undergoing like a battle like an emotional battle for me so I kept working like crazy of course that's the only thing I knew yeah that's the only way I could I could handle the stress and the anxiety was working so I kept working not sleeping not eating and living in stressful in stress all the time I was really surviving i'm not i was not really leaving i was surviving and but i didn't realize it was that bad and one night i got out with some friends and we had dinner and there were strikes at the time in paris as always there are always strikes in paris and there was no public transportation it was i could, we couldn't get a taxi or a bus or anything to go back home so what we did was my friend said okay we should take a public bicycle and then go back home i said okay and that's all i remember and thank god i was with a friend with she, she was with me and 
I was on the bicycle without a helmet, and I, I think that's what doctors say, that I fainted, and then I fell off the bike, and I hit my head with on the edge of a side sidewalk. So on the edge of a sidewalk, I hit my head here under, like behind the ear, mm-hmm. and then I lost consciousness. I. I, yeah, I I fainted and I, um, so I didn't know what happened. And then my, my friend was there with me and she just heard this, this, this noise of somebody falling down. And then she, she turned around and she saw that she saw me on the floor unconscious. And she was like, oh my God. So she, there were people over there. Thank God that helped me as well. And so they called an ambulance and I went, yeah, they got me to ER, the hospital. And then when I woke up, I realized that I couldn't speak any language. And uh, yeah, so I, I forgot everything. I forgot my languages. I couldn't speak Spanish, English, French, nothing. But at that time, I thought I was speaking clearly, so I couldn't understand why people didn't understand me. I was like, but what is this? Why don't you understand me? And I didn't realize I was not speaking clearly. That's the only memory I have. And then they explained me that I couldn't speak anything. So I lost my three languages. I had memory problems as well, short memory problems. So I, that's what I was, we're always, we're always joking that I became Dory because I didn't, uh, I, I was not able to, yeah, to retain the new information. It was very hard for me. Like I remembered everything before the accident but after the accident it was very hard for me to to get new information so i had short-term memory problems i and i had to learn again the basic things the alphabet writing adding subtracting i had to start again from zero and that's what happened in 2016 so it's basically i was writing an article at that time and i said like it's it's funny because I did this comparison. It's like um, there were strikes in France at that time because of there were like um, it was like uh, uh, because of the of of uh, professional uh, professional yeah a new law about work that people were not uh, happy with. So they were doing they were manifesting and they were protesting. And it's incredible because it's like they were protesting in the and and the on the on the street, and it's like my brain was also protesting, and he's like, "You know what i'm I'm fed up of this. you have to stop and then he disconnected, and I fainted, and I had all these <laughs> consequences, so yeah, I basically hit my head, I had a brain injury, and that was I had all these consequences yeah. of of not speaking and learning again. And, right and yeah yeah i mean you had to start all over again and what happened with <laughs> your work tell me what happened with your work um yeah i had a sick leave of course and then it took me two years to to recover more or less yeah so i got back like i got recovered yeah i recovered my abilities let's say like like 2018 and then i decided to stop working in what I was working I didn't want to keep working in the, 
in the consulting sector because I knew I was going, I would be going back to the same style, to the same philosophy of life, to the same completely unhealthy uh, life. So I knew that I was not, that I, will, I didn't want to go to the same type of world, to the same type of life. So I decided to stop working in the consulting sector. They have so any kind of, yeah, very, very wise from you. Uh, did they have <laughs> any, any kind of uh, um, empathy with your, with your situation? They didn't even understand, actually, because I, I had this accident out of work. Actually, people thought I was drunk when I was, when I was driving my bike because it was, yeah, it was like at 1 a.m., I mean, it, was, it has nothing to do with my work, not directly. So they didn't even understand what happened. So they were like, okay, you're on sick leave, then you'll be back when you're, you're, you're better, then you're okay. But they didn't even realize how, how serious it was. And the thing is that when I was working, it's a long, long story and complicated, but when I had the accident, my boss, which was already, yeah, he, he was like, 70 something almost 80 he was retiring at that time so he sold the company to the to the to the main house which was in in brussels so people in brussels didn't understand what happened to me and then when i was when i was recovering i was asking my friends to write the emails and to communicate with them because i couldn't speak so they didn't even realize it was not me that was writing the emails they didn't realize how how serious it was so it was it's a complete crazy story but they didn't even realize about that they didn't even know what a burnout was at, at that time i didn't know either it was at the end when i got recovered that the neurologist told me she explained that what i had that my accident was the result of an extreme burnout it was not the cause it was the result of the unhealthy lifestyle I was living and I was having. So I said, you, it's your fault, basically. It's like you can, you abandon yourself. You absolutely abandon yourself. And yeah, and your, 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 your company as well, but they didn't know how to handle it at all. So yeah, they were there, like they were not really there because they didn't even understand what was happening. And then my, the enterprise was, was, was changing, so people in Brussels were, were buying it, so they were not even, the headquarters were not even in Paris anymore. Well, it's super complicated. Yeah. But yeah, they didn't even realize that, it, that the way they worked and their philosophy of work, of work was one of the reasons of my accident. They didn't, they didn't make they, the connection. They didn't make the connection. They no. didn't associate it with that. Yeah, one of the reasons that I'm uh, making this podcast is because it's not only for people who have had a burnout and have got out of it, uh, but also because I think there are still many companies that do not acknowledge the importance of mm. um, of rest and 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 uh, and the the work culture, and they they many times say, oh, well, we take care of our employees and. We have mm -hmm. very nice um, uh, leaves, you know, we go all together to go skiing or whatever. I mean, we have picnics and, but <laughs> yeah. And, but the thing is that when you get sick and it is related to work, well, there are enough companies that will say, what? No, of course not. 
yeah, we do everything for our employees. And sometimes there's not really a realization of how difficult it is sometimes to express that you are overworked. Just saying yeah, that, that you're, you're overworked. overwhelmed. And it's, it was, it's, it's our responsibility. It's, of course, responsibility of, of the company, of course. And, but it's our responsibility as well. And I didn't know, as I was telling you, I didn't know how to set boundaries. And that's super important. And, and that's even more professional to be able to say no with the argument. Say, hey, listen, I cannot do this because of this and this and this, because I have these, these objectives, because I have to, to, because I have to, these results that I need to, to meet. I have these things to do. So I, I, cannot, uh, I cannot say yes to this project. And that makes you professional. But that was what I was, I was afraid of that. I thought it was the opposite that I thought I was not professional enough because I couldn't, because I was saying no. And it's so important to say no and to set boundaries and say, Hey, I cannot do this because of this. And that gives you, gives you like people can respect you because of that, because you know how to say no, because you are really committed to what you're doing because you're really responsible. And because, because you are worried about yourself and are about your psychology and about your health. That's what we tend to, to forget when we keep working like crazy. And at the end, we just work like robots and, and we're not even productive at the end. I was not even productive. I remember at the, at a moment, I was so exhausted that I couldn't even write an email. Like everything, all the things that were easy for me to do, it was extremely, extremely difficult to do them at the end because I was so exhausted that I couldn't even like I couldn't even read uh, something like clearly like it took me hours to read something and to really truly understand what I was reading it took me hours to write I could write an email in five minutes it took me hours because I was so exhausted that my work was my, 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 my head was not working I had a brain fog and I was exhausted but I didn't know how to stop yeah. I thought that if I could if I kept working and working that was gonna be the solution and it was the opposite the solution is stop you need to stop and i didn't understand that yeah well it's it's a kind of dementia i have always uh, have make a comparison because it's like a workaholic dementia <laughs> actually yeah actually your 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 brain has is, uh, is exposed to to a very high levels of cortisol mm -hmm. years and it shrinks uh -huh. It shrinks. It shrinks. It I was, shrinks. I was the queen, the cortisol queen, and yeah, and your yeah. your brain shrinks. So you have then, a kind of brain damage, and then yeah, of course you have a brain damage, and then you cannot take decisions because it shrinks. So your 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 you don't even have the the capacity to to understand what you're doing, to take decisions, and to and to work like to live in a in a in a rational way like your reason doesn't work anymore your brain is not working anymore so it's it's not functional anymore it's incredible it's incredible and that leads you to take again the wrong decisions and again the wrong decisions or just not to take decisions as well yeah, yeah sometimes you cannot even get out of bed because yeah. Your body's not working. <laughs> yeah. And then you feel guilty and then you feel it's your fault. And you say, oh my God, I'm, what am I doing? And then you feel 
you feel completely stupid and you say, oh my God, I'm not, you feel incompetent and you say, and, and it's the vicious circle again and again and again. Yeah. But you think it's your fault. That's what I used to think. It's my fault. Why well, am really, I not doing well? I'm very mm -hmm. glad you're, you're sharing this with, uh, with all of us because it's exactly the, the most horrible part of the burnout who know, actually nobody wants to acknowledge and nobody wants to listen about because they all, we all think, ah, it's not going to happen to me. I have everything mm -hmm. over control. Uh, you don't have any kids, huh? No. No, okay. But Thank you, God. Yeah. Because I couldn't even deal with myself. Imagine if I had kids. My goodness. My goodness. And I, I work a lot with women, with mothers that are burnt out. And that's really, really hard. Yeah. It's very, very difficult. Yeah, mm. it's, it's really, 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 very difficult. And I'm glad I only have one because some, some women have three yeah. or four. So it's really to get crazy. Um, but Natalia, just tell me because, well, this, this happened and you have to learn everything from scratch. <laughs> and you have to discover yourself from scratch. Uh, mm. So in related to that, you already told us what you, well, you lost because of the burnout but what did you win what did you find what was what was the win actually believe it or not the accident was the best gift ever <laughs> like you can't you must be telling me that what are you talking about it was an accident you you had a brain injury you didn't know how to speak when you woke up but it was it was life telling me stop because it was the only way i could understand that i needed to stop It was like putting me on the wall and telling me, if you don't stop, you're going to kill yourself. You're slowly killing yourself and you cannot keep living like this. So for me, life, the universe, whatever you want to call it, the divinity, life was so, so generous that it took me, it gave me this accident to, for me to realize that I had to change my life, that it couldn't be, couldn't keep living like I was living and for the first time I stopped and I took care of myself because I was not taking care of myself because I was always working. So life told me, you know what, the universe told me, you know what, there are no more excuses. Now you cannot work. Now you cannot send money to your family to Colombia. Now all you have to do is take care of yourself. So there were not more, any other excuses and I was using everything as an excuse not to take responsibility of my own life, my emotional life, my health. So I think it was a gift and that's what I had to do. I had to start all over again. So I had to keep, I had to take a healthy habits. I had to, I had to eat better. I had to start it to, to see my, all my emotional charge, like waking from trauma and seeing coaches and seeing psychologists and starting with the podcast and actually social media saved my life at that time because doctors were not very were not very positive <laughs> they were cold like french neurologists were very cold and told me like what else do you know you have a it's not like if you had a broken arm you have a broken brain and that's what i retained broken brain broken brain broken brain oh my god i have a broken brain and they didn't they were not very positive so what i started to do is like i i I said, okay, I turned my back to those, to the doctors and started listening podcasts like yours. I started following influencers that 
that changed my life because I said, wow, there's a positive message here. I have more, more power than I thought. And that's why I decided to reinvent myself. And then I, then when I took that decision, like the universe, God, like put, put me like angels on the path, like on the way. So that's where I met a very important uh, therapist. That was my, my speak therapist, my English speak therapist, Alicia. She is a big, like she was like a big discovery. She saved my life and she told me, I, I remember when, when neurologists told me, well, you have a broken brain, you don't, you don't know what's gonna happen with you. So it's up to you, you have to see. And then, and they told me, we don't give you, like we, you have a gear, just one year to recover all, all your skills. After a year, don't wait for, like don't, don't expect to have any other, any other, like don't expect any other improvements after a year. Just have to, just one year for your brain to heal. I said, one year, that's nothing. I mean, I don't even know how to speak. A year is nothing. So I was in panic. And I went to see my, my, my therapist, Alicia, and I told him, like, this is what doctors told me. And she was furious. And she said, bullshit. That's not true. There's something called neuroplasticity. And you can do whatever you want with your brain. And you can learn whatever you want. And there's no limit for it. It doesn't matter the age. And then she started giving me things to read about neuroplasticity, about meditation, about everything that you can do with your brain and that saved my life. And then she started giving me like interesting podcasts and that was part of my therapy. And that's how I started rebuilding myself with another perception, with another point of view. So yeah, that was part of my recovery as well. Wow. It was amazing that you met someone like that. I mean, I have to find it a little bit the hard way. I, I just had to read like uh, 50 books <laughs> to find mm -hmm. out that my brain was going to be okay. And that uh, actually yeah. the fact that I was reading again was already a sign that it, I was recovering. Mm -hmm. But I also lost my short-term memory and, uh, and I had a child. She was three. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. So I, I really thought I, as far as never forget my child somewhere, I'm okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It, it, it's of really course. crossing the street and not remembering you just crossed the street. That's really freaky. I know. Out. That's, that's horrible. I know. I live that as well. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, um, well, that, so this is a very pivotal moment in your life, of course. And is there any mm. other, other moment that you think, well, this is, was my aha moment. It was great again. <laughs> yeah, it's, there was another one. <laughs> it was a very important moment for me. As I told you, I started to, to listen a lot to podcasts and to, to influencers. And one of them was, there were two very important podcasts that I, I they were very important for me. It was a... The School of Greatness from uh, Louis, um, I don't know his name, uh, well, The School of Greatness, I mean, he's very known, uh, Louis Howes, that's his name, and I was listening a lot to, to London Real Podcast as well, and other podcasts, and there was a, 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 an interview that, that really resonated with me when I was listening to the London Real Podcast, and it was, the, the, the guest was Philip McKernan, I don't know if you know him, he's, a, he's an Irish author and he's a filmmaker and he's a coach and he does lots of things and I love him. And, and the topic was believe in you, 
that was the topic of the interview. And at what point of the interview, the, the host asked him, asked him uh, what is success for you and what is freedom for you? And he said, then he started, like he stayed quiet for a while and he, then he said, it's being able to lie in your bed at night, you close your eyes with a little smirk, with a little smile on your face, and then you say, shit, shit, I'm leaving. Like, oh my God, I'm leaving. Shit, I am leaving. And I started to cry and I said, oh my God. I started to cry and I was thinking out loud, Am I leaving right now? What am I doing right now? Can I say, shit, I'm leaving? No, I'm not. What, what, what am I going to do? Because at that time, I, didn't, I, I hadn't uh, decided yet if I was going to leave the, the consulting sector or not. And he said, if I keep working in the consulting company, in the consulting sector, and yes, okay, earning a lot of money, but having an empty life, Can I say, shit, I'm leaving at night? And the answer was no. And that's when I decided that I had to stop. So that was a really aha moment. Thank you, Philip McKinnon, but because he's like, wow. He said that and I was like, wow, I had this big, this like light on my head. I was like, oh my goodness, I am not leaving. And I cannot keep my life feeling this way. Like I cannot keep living like this, feeling empty. So that was the aha moment. <laughs> It's quite amazing that it has to go so far sometimes before we have. I know, I know. Aha moments. Yeah. It had to go so far and had to be, had to break my head for that. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Incredible. Literally, Literally, yeah, yeah. Well, then even fast forward, uh, Natalia. Well, um, you. Uh, You went on with your life. You started a new life. And, uh, well, as I heard, you were also helping, especially women, mm -hmm. uh, especially women, in their, well, in their quest for trying to find a way in the workplace and mm -hmm. at the very high levels of enterprises. Um, tell us about your projects. Explain us. What are you doing now and where are you heading? Yeah, I decided to reinvent myself. I said, wow, what, what is this? What is this thing called burnout? Because my neurologist really talked to me about it. And I said, why? What is this? Why am I leaving this? So I started doing a lot of research about burnout. And I talked to, about it to my therapist as well. And I started to, to, to realize that a lot of women have, women have burnout. Seven women out of 10 have been through a burnout. I said, what is this? So I started researching, doing a lot of research. And then I said, I, 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 I saw it in my friends and a lot of Spanish speaking women. So I said, wait. So I started to, at that time in 2018, I started, I, I created an online summit about women and burnout. And I started to invite experts and I invited more than 70 experts, the most known experts about burnout in 2018 and 2019. And these summits were a complete success. It was incredible. It was more than 12,000 subscribers from lots of countries. And they were like, oh my God, they really felt like identified with all these things about burnout. So I spoke about women and burnout, mothers and burnout, the, the auto-sabotaging syndrome, 
uh, why did that happen more to women than to men? Women tend to have more burnout, why? So I started researching about all these topics and I decided to, to that's where I started, decided to reinvent myself. I said, hey, this is interesting. And people were listening to me and they were listening to my message. So I, I yeah, so now I'm a facilitator. Like I, I help women beat burnout, especially high achieving women. And when they have a lot of responsibilities because they have a lot of burnout. So the idea is to help them to, to get out of that trap and that vicious circle that is sold to us, but it's not true. It's a lie and we don't have to live that way. So that's what I'm doing now. And can you explain it very shortly? Of course, it, it might be an explanation that needs more time, but why do you think women have more problems with wear now than men? Because we want to be wonder women. We want to be the perfect mother, the perfect boss, the perfect colleague, the perfect friend, the perfect lover, perfect everywhere. And, and we set the, the, the level so, so high that we cannot even achieve it. And we want to look perfect as well, of course. If we didn't spend, if we didn't sleep all night long, then we have to be perfect the day, the day after. You have to be perfectly waking makeup, wearing makeup. You have to be perfectly, look perfectly well. No, nothing. You cannot look tired even if you, didn't, you couldn't even sleep the night before. If you were trying to, to, yeah, to, if you were taking care of your kids and you couldn't even sleep and then you had to work, then you have no right to, to, be, to be tired the day after. And that's, that's, that's the, the pressure we put on ourselves. That we perfect everywhere. And that's the Wonder Woman syndrome that's killing us. And that's why we have, and, and we also have to do the, the domestic thing. It's not only the professional charge, it's a domestic charge. It's all that we have to do at home that men don't do, at least not at the same percentage. It's not the same, the same way. So we have to be there for everything, for everyone, but not for us. We're not taking ourselves as a priority. And that's what I learned with the burnout. I learned to take myself as a priority and to put myself as the first one in the list, on the list. Because before I was not the first one, I was the last one on the list. And then I was taking care of everyone else, but not, I was not taking care of me. Exactly. So... Yeah, well, I, I have uh, interviewed some other uh, women and uh, what they also say is just what you were saying about um, it's not only work, but it's also all this stuff that's going around at home mm -hmm. and that most of them, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't, I'm, I'm not trying to say that men are not involved at all because it's not true. No. But, but they are less involved with the planning, for example. Uh, with some stuff like daily things that nobody might even think that have to happen, but have to happen. Mm -hmm. And that you have, everything. yeah, the, uh, groceries and, uh, uh, you know, the, the cleaning and picking up the kids and all the activities and, and all the stuff that sometimes men just, just say like, what well, you can do it because you do it very well. <laughs> it takes mm -hmm. a lot of energy. It takes just that little moment of your day that you were going to use for your workout or your meditation or talking with a friend. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, that's a very big difference. I think that, that is, I've heard something uh, very often. 
it's just the very little moments that you don't have anymore no but because you don't want to that's the thing we don't take it we don't take the time for ourselves that's yeah. the thing we don't, sometimes we just are because i yeah i was the first one i was a control freak and we become control freaks and we don't even delegate knowing that we need help and we don't want to delegate and we don't want to go negotiate and that's the thing that we also need to, to set boundaries with ourselves as well we have to say no to ourselves as well say hey stop it you need some help you need some rest you need to stop yeah i'm feeling guilty Enjoy. because because feeling guilty that you are delegating mm-hmm. yeah you're feeling guilty you're and um, uh, or you say oh no it's that's not well done so I, i'll i'll do it better so i'll be the one doing it because he doesn't do it as well as me so oh, i'll better take care of it no it's like also an ego thing it's like no no i do it better so i'm going to be the one doing it it's a lot of things that's going on in our heads and that's yeah. what we need to work on but very nice you're coaching women about this i think it's very <laughs> necessary yeah I, i mean working for women is actually very new you know the <laughs> since just in the 70s 80s we just could vote uh, in some countries and then now we're working and we're working full-time now we are leaders and we are ceos and we have children and oh my god stop this you know stop this because it, it's not made it's not made for women it's not for well combining everything with uh, your own nature with your husband with of course it's the things that we need to know we need to find a balance We can do everything, but not at the same time. You can have it all. We can have it all, but not do it all. That's the thing. It's not the same thing, having it all and doing it all. That's why you, then you delegate and negotiate and then you get, you get, you set boundaries. That's the thing. We don't have to do it all. Yeah. Very important. And uh, I heard you also have a new product that uh, <laughs> I think I'm going to buy it. <laughs> I'm working. <laughs> yeah. Detox, burnout, burnout detox. Explain yeah, us. Yeah, it's me. a it's a program I'm working on. It's a five week burnout detox because I I I decided to to create it because uh, the main cause of burnout it's the scarcity mindset. What I found like with all the women I worked with, I that's the main the common the, the common denominator it's like i'm not enough i don't know myself i don't like myself i am incompetent it's lack of motivation lack of connection it's like everywhere it's really a scarcity and i've seen it over and over again with every woman it's a problem of self esteem that it's incredible so that's why i created the detox program in order to help women to reset really reset their mindset how by destroying their repetitive ideas of lack and scarcity like like not enough i'm not good at this i can do this and the idea is to reprogram your mind with positive um, thoughts that are going to last positive and reconstructive thoughts and, and beliefs and positive beliefs so we do it with powerful exercises with group meetings that's the community is incredible like working with other women it's just it's magical when you work with other women and, and we all going through the same 
the same challenges and, and, and we can listen to each other and we're not judging each other, but we are really supporting each other. That's that we create miracles when we work, when women work together. So that's what I'm doing. And I most doing one-on-one coaching when it's needed, but working with them in group, it's incredible. It's, we've had incredible results. And I have a great guest also in the program, which is a money mindset expert. And she's incredible and she teaches women how to build a nourishing relationship with money because it's very important. One of the first also uh, causes of burnout is it's, it's the finances, it's money. So that's why I got this great expert. And, and yeah, we worked together for five weeks, six weeks, and we're starting in mid-October. Mid, mid and for now, it's for Spanish-speaking women, starting with the Latinas for now. But, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm working to, to do it in, in English as well. Maybe in French as well, because they were asking me <laughs> to do it in French. But for now, we're studying Spanish, and it's this, we all this need this detox at a certain point of our lives, I think. Yeah, I think it, I think it is. I really think it is. I think it is, this, um, um, well, these coachings or these, these projects are, especially when you are engaged with a group, are really an investment in your future. Mm-hmm. It's really an investment. I mean, I really miss that when I had the burnout. I um, I was not reaching out. I know. I, I couldn't ask for any help because I didn't know what was happening. That's the thing. And 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 yeah, and I, I did this as well because I said, "Wow, the Natalia, the burnt out Natalia, seven years ago, six years ago, she would have loved to." to find something like this and I didn't have it and I didn't know what to look for it. So that's why I'm doing it because women, they don't need to go that far. They don't need to, to, to be that destroyed and that burned out and that, yeah, that they don't need to, to, to suffer that way to find a solution. So that's why I'm working on that. So I changed my, my life purpose and that's why I'm working now with women because, because they have lots of powers and we don't even know how powerful we are. Yeah, yeah, certainly, certainly. So, um, well, I'm very glad you are working on this. And uh, uh, what I'm going to do is uh, when I publish our interview, I'm going to put down all the links to your uh, website yeah. and to these projects. Yeah, thank yeah, you. I think uh, many women will like to be interested. And for the people who are listening, if you know someone who is burned out or is um, almost going to be burned out, just... Um, <laughs> let her uh, let this person could be a man i mean it doesn't have to be a mm-hmm. woman to know that um you don't have to get so far that you can just stop before and uh, turn around and do something else um on before you really uh, like me or like you that ended very 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 sick yeah so. there's always a solution always 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 so that's why we are here for you to help you Exactly. Solutions we couldn't find when we had this burned out. But exactly. now we could find a way of, to, to, to beat it. And that's where we're here. Well, Natalia, it was really amazing to talk to you. It was really <laughs> amazing. I am very, very grateful that you had enough time. I know you are always uh, moving again from one, <laughs> one country to another like you are usually I doing. I wish <laughs> you a lot of luck in your next move in life. Whatever you go, of course, you're going to bring this all online so everybody can follow you. Yes, that's magical. That's the magic of 
yeah, of the internet. So there are not more, there are no distances anymore. There are no boundaries anymore. So that's why it's magical. That's so, yeah. Okay, Totelia, thank you very much. And uh, well, maybe we will meet, meet each other another time. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that's true because we've always, yeah, seen each other on Zoom and uh, thanks to, to, to the internet. We'll see each other physically very soon. <laughs> I'm Bye -bye. sure. Bye. Thank you.